cold in here. It is, yeah. Right? Yeah. But we are going to heat things up. I early and got the juices going. I know. It is Bill's the exercise sleeve, room. Bill's sleeves are rolled up. Scott's sleeves are rolled up. Yep. Your sleeves are rolled up. Yep. It is episode five of Glass City Game Time, one of America's great sports podcasts, brought to you by The Blade. My name is Corey Christen, and thank you for listening to this episode five. We are recording from The Blade offices in downtown Toledo. Today's discussion, it's a different, little bit of a swap from the previous few episodes. Today, we have Bill Piotrowski in the studio and you may read his weekly fantasy football column in The Blade or on ToledoBlade.com. Bill, we're talking fantasy football today. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Uh, thanks, Corey. I'm doing great. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> um, good to be here. Also joining us this week, and we'll get into a little more discussion in depth with him later on in the podcast, as we usually do, is sports editor Scott McNeish. Scott, you're battling a little bit of a cold, but you're braver enough I am. to get back into the I'm studio. I'm getting through it. I don't have a cute little opening line like Bill does. I'll have to come armed and ready next time. Next week, we got you. We'll write something in for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Technical producer Phil Kaplan is also here. Hey, Scott. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter, Scott. Your voice sounds better. It sounds like you could cut an album. You got that, you got oh really? Yeah, you got that. You got a little. You got a little baritone. Thanks. He's, he's yeah. just sick enough so he could become a multi-platinum recording artist. Yeah. It's all part of the plan. <laughs> After the podcast, we'll do the R and B album. When I'm big time, I'll remember all of you guys. <laughs> Please do. One thing you do need to remember before we get into any kind of fantasy football discussion, you have to remember game track. And this is week ten of high school football coming up in Northwest Ohio, and for the fact of that matter, in the whole state of Ohio. So if you want to keep tabs on who's winning and who's losing in high school football, if you haven't done it yet, you have to check out GameTrack, presented by the Taylor Automotive family. GameTrack, hosted on ToledoBlade.com, will give you all the local high school football scores as they happen. And again, with Week 10 coming up, it's more imperative than ever that you check it out to see who might be on the border of the playoffs, who's in, who's out. And to be on your game, you can visit ToledoBlade.com forward slash sports every Friday evening. And in case you missed a score, you can log on Saturday mornings for the complete look at who won each game. That's GameTrack on ToledoBlade.com forward slash sports, presented by the Taylor Automotive family. Well, as I mentioned, we're talking uh, fantasy football today, and Bill, this is kind of a good time to do it because the NFL trade deadline passed us on Tuesday, and some might say it was a real quiet deadline day, usually in at least baseball, you see a ton of moves being made on the trade deadline day. But it was a real quiet day, and the bigger moves that may have had implications on fantasy football happened last week. And I'm looking mainly at Emmanuel Sanders, who went from Denver to San Francisco. And there were rumors about other players getting moved, but really, it just didn't happen. Yeah, a whole lot of nothing happened. Uh, Our favorite Cleveland Browns were interested in getting a lineman from the Redskins, but they wanted Denzel Ward, so so our favorite Browns didn't do that. But there were rumors about Le'Veon Bell being moved, A.J. Green, but nothing happened. We think the prices were just too high. Last year at this time, Amari Cooper, Golden Tate, Demarius Thomas got traded. As you mentioned, Emmanuel Sanders went to San Francisco, where he'll be reliable, and he'll get you 8 to 10 points every week, but uh, trades were made in the previous week or so. 
So kind of a flex play is what we're looking for Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, he'll get you something. He won't be tremendous. But then uh, looking back to your uh, Kenyon Drake was traded a week ago. Now he goes to Arizona where they already have uh, Phil's favorite, David Johnson, who is hobbling with a sore ankle. They have Chase Edmonds, who's doubtful with a sore hamstring. So Drake uh, will have some value for now, but uh, not much as we go on. A tough Thursday night matchup against San Francisco, who has uh, is undefeated right now, has been one of the best teams in the league, and has one of the best defenses in the league. You know what, I'm just going to go on a personal tangent to say, this is what the Cardinals get for trolling us on Twitter about not starting Chase Edmonds when they decoyed David Johnson out the one week and had a carry for, I think it was three yards. So Phil and I are both in the same boat on this one. He's ruining, he's ruining me. <laughs> I've got every hack running back in the league trying to fill his spot. So in addition to the hack running backs that might be on Phil's roster and my roster, I'm thinking about some waiver wire watch because as we get into the later parts of the season – this is where the bye weeks really kick in. And there are leagues where you might have one, two, three, maybe four or five players on any given bye week. So the waiver wire has become as important of a tool as your own lineup has in some ways. So, Bill, just from your perspective, and you've talked about this in your columns, just some tips on scouring that waiver wire and maybe what the investment into your first waiver claim every week is because that's a little game in itself. Yeah, and it's very important. It could make or break your season. And there's always players out there. A lot of running backs always tweak something. So there's guys to be picked up. And it changes week to week, of course. This week, um, Jalen Samuels might be a good pick um, from Pittsburgh if Connor is out. They're running back. You mentioned San Francisco tonight. If uh, Matt Breida is hurt, Raheem Mostert is a possibility. So there's always people out there. Uh, your website should help you with that, but always look to uh, fill the gaps. There are people out there. Roster management's a big deal, too. For example, there's a player in my one league that has Darren Waller as his starting tight end. Very good tight end, top five, and is past his bye week. So you would think, okay, that's the only tight end he should roster. But he's got two more on his roster. So maybe roster management also plays into that whole waiver wire game. I think it's fascinating. Well, it is, and the one thing I've said about fantasy for, for many years is whatever rules the certain owners come up with, whatever bylaws you have, um, that's good with you and it works for you, but uh, I don't see any uh, bylaws that you need three tight ends. No, I don't think so. Maybe two quarterbacks. Always, maybe, always two quarterbacks. Maybe two tight ends if that's the case. Maybe, unless you have one of the top ones, you don't need another one. You pick somebody up for his bye week, and that's all you need to do. Scott, I want to turn to you here because... Turn to me. You've turned into a fantasy football guy at some point in your life. That's right. And you've kind of shied away from fantasy football a little bit. And one of the reasons you mentioned was because it's way time-consuming. It is very time-consuming. Which which I think all of us in the room will agree on. Sure. But what kind of got you to step away from it? Well... I like my wife liking me, so that's the, that's the first thing. Now we have a uh, a baby who's six weeks old, so that plays a part in it. Yeah. It's fun, but it's also so competitive that if you're not 100% invested in it, you can either lose or fall behind, and that makes it very difficult for a competitive person like me to still want to do it. It's either 100 or zero. It's green light or red light, and I'm not a good yellow light guy, and so if 
if you're not going all out, then I think it's very difficult because it does take a lot of time. Let me offer a, a contrarian view because I played fantasy basketball, baseball, football. Football, I think, is the easiest sure. and least time-consuming. You pick your lineup hours before the first games or even three days before, before the first games, and then you forget about it. Uh, baseball is more intensive, maybe basketball, but football, and I wrote about this this week, don't agonize over over choosing one guy or the other. Go with your gut or go with a, a recommendation you got and, and let it fly. The old set it and forget it mentality. <laughs> It, it really is. Well, a lot of times people agonize over two players, and then you find out after the games that they both got 12 points. It didn't matter. Yeah. This is where I wanted to launch into this discussion is research. And Scott mentioned it. With It is time-consuming, and I think that, Bill, you can agree. I definitely agree, and I think Phil agrees that you do have to put that time into it. How much you put into it is really up to you, but when you look at matchups, okay, for example, you might have Carson Wentz, who's a borderline top-10 quarterback, but he's playing a tough defense this week. So maybe you go pick up another quarterback who might have a better matchup. How matchup dependent do you think fantasy football gets, or maybe where's that line at? I think it's very important, and you mentioned Carson Wentz, who hasn't had a tremendous season, but uh, I did some research and found out in weeks 14, 15, and 16, which are oftentimes fantasy football playoffs, he's playing like the Dolphins, the Redskins, and the Giants. So there's a guy you want. Outside of that, yeah, you, you play your guys against Miami, um, anymore against Cleveland. We're back to that. <laughs> um, and if you want to get even more intensive, you look at opposing cornerbacks because there are shutdown cornerbacks, and if your guy's going against him, well, then you possibly sit him. I want to get into some stardom and sit him for this week, Bill. Who's on your list for uh, this is week nine now in the NFL? Are we really flying that quickly? Wow. Who's on your stardom sit him? For the week. Well, I've been going back and forth all year about Baker Mayfield, and I'm, I'm saying keep him on the bench again. The guy leads the NFL with 12 interceptions. I'm a Browns fan. I thought they'd be a lot better than this. But the Browns do have the second easiest schedule for the rest of the season. Uh, I say sit him this week against Denver. The Browns didn't upgrade their offensive line, so I say keep him benched. But... Um, Quarterback-wise, Gardner Minshew is the big favorite, so keep playing him. He's He's got a good matchup. And a lot of people are, are interested in Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon of the Chargers because they can't seem to separate from one another. Um, so I'd say keep playing those two until one of them does something spectacular, but I think both of them have uh, positives to play. Some people are saying that the, uh, the Chargers – should have traded Melvin Gordon away just based on how well Eckler played while he was out. Yeah, but Gordon is still very, very good. And I'm guessing, like we talked earlier, people's asking prices were too high. And so he stayed there, and I think he's still got a year to go on his contract. So I think he's good to stay. Bill, thanks for the few minutes here for some fantasy football talk. Those of you listening, make sure to check out Bill's column this week on ToledoBlade.com or on Blade News Slide. Bill, we'll talk to you soon, I'm sure, as the fantasy football playoffs, uh, like you said, in a few weeks here, get rolling around. I'll be back. Um, The one (laughs) thing I'd like to tell people, too, you know, we're in Toledo here, so the Detroit Lions are popular, but I would say uh, avoid their running backs for now and keep their wide receivers. That's a big 
big tip because Ty Johnson, the rookie running back in the Lions, was one of the big pickups. Yeah, and they have, wire last week. they have Trey Carson, J.D. McKissick, but you want their quarterback and the receivers, not the running backs. That's good advice to send off here. Bill, thank you again for joining us. We will take a short time out here on Glass City Game Time, but when we come back, Scott McNeese will come back in, and we will have an editor's perspective segment and talk about fantasy football and how it relates to NFL viewership. It's a real interesting topic that's been floating around for a little while now. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, back in here on Glass City Game Time with sports editor Scott McNeish for the editor's perspective and in this fantasy football podcast, topic podcast, I should say. We're not a fantasy football show. We want to kind of further this conversation in the scope of viewership. And me personally, I grew up watching the Browns because I grew up in Northeast Ohio. I grew up watching the Pittsburgh Steelers because they were technically local. I grew up watching the L.A. Rams because my dad was an L.A. Rams fan. That's how I was raised. The discussion has flown in fantasy football where you may live in Northwest Ohio where it's Browns and Lions, but you may own somebody that plays for the Texans on your fantasy team. And now the NFL is gaining your eyeballs watching the Texans game because you have a fantasy football player on that team. So, Scott, the question I have for you today is, do you think fantasy sports has changed the way people view the game of football? I think so. I think there's some people who watch football on, let's go through all the days, Thursday night, Sunday, Monday night, uh, to watch their specific players. I think you can draw some comparisons to March Madness that maybe people who uh, generally do not watch Iowa against Northeastern are going to watch it if they have them winning in their particular pool, things like that. So I do think that there are some comparisons that you can draw like that, that it has helped out viewership. I think you're going to get more eyeballs on some of the later games if, in your league, you're in a competitive matchup where you need a big game from someone who's playing on Sunday night or Monday night, those kind of things. I think that's where it really hits. But I think for the most part, yeah, I think you can get some bump up in viewership because people want to see if their people are doing well. Or even Thursday night to get your team off on the right foot, for example. Sure. So last week, Dalvin Cook from Minnesota went off, and I played against him, and that kind of like put a damper on my Thursday and Friday <laughs> going into the weekend. But no, I, to echo your sentiment there, I think it definitely has in a way that even on Sunday during all the 1 o'clock games, there's, what, 5 or 6, let's say, 1 o'clock games going on. You may have the Lions or Browns on your TV here, but you're on your phone checking for whether it's the, I use the Texans or the Colts or the Raiders or whoever it may be. I think that's fascinating because those are teams I would not care less about right. if it weren't for fantasy football. Sure, and I think, let's say if your favorite team, let's use the Browns, Alliance, let's say they play on Thursday night or they have a bye week, I think a lot of people will make decisions on what games they watch depending on if their people are playing. If you have Phillip Rivers as your quarterback and the Chargers are on, maybe you'll check it out to see how he does. I think that does impact it, yeah. You've stepped away from the fantasy football life, but... When you were playing, did you find yourself doing that kind of thing? Oh, no question. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Especially if it was Sunday night, like I said before, and Monday night, and I had a player playing. Oh, no question. Absolutely. Had a big impact and controlled a lot of my life. I just think it's interesting that fantasy football has superseded like fantasy baseball and mm -hmm. basketball and everything to some of the points that Bill talked about in the first segment of the podcast where... It's a set-it-and-forget-it kind of thing. Yeah. You could set your lineup on Tuesday and not look at it till Thursday and then Sunday again. But 
also the people that do look at their rosters every day and look at the waivers every day, they are so plugged into it that it almost increases their chances. But then again, there is some luck involved to it. Oh, absolutely. And I think a lot of what makes fantasy football popular is what makes football popular that you have so much anticipation because it only happens that one time when it's say baseball or basketball or hockey there's just so many games and it's such a revolving door but when it's just all on one day of one week I think that's why people like it the best because there is so much riding on that one particular game so I think it just echoes what makes football popular and not that I want to kind of branch off here because in Ohio and for the fact of that matter in Michigan it's not totally legal to gamble on sports, so we're not going to advocate that. But betting odds in Vegas, they play a little bit into some fantasy football, and it's algorithms and math and everything that go into betting lines and all that. But that could kind of spook some people away from, okay, am I going to play this guy against the Lions, or am I going to start this Cleveland Brown this week? It really does. I think it does play a part, yeah. And I think the more and more places where sports gambling becomes legal, I think it's just going to get uh, more amplified for sure. That's a big elephant discussion to go into <laughs> yep. at a different point that will be a different podcast with fantasy football and even with football in general especially college because once it you know once it becomes everywhere yeah then especially college football um scott thanks for the yeah. time for the editor's perspective under the weather nonetheless give him a medal for this week <laughs> the champion i don't know coming, about that but you're welcome the champion coming into the studio under the weather Special thanks also goes to Bill Piotrowski, our fantasy football columnist for The Blade. You can check out his weekly column on ToledoBlade.com and on Blade News Slide. Special thanks goes to technical producer Phil Kaplan. Phil, good luck in your fantasy football season. (laughs) We're all wishing good fantasy luck. Good vibes only in this room. Thanks, Corey. Absolutely. And before I sign off, I have to remind you one more time, And if you like to keep tabs on who's winning and who's losing in high school football, especially as week 10 comes up this week, you have to check out Game Track, presented by the Taylor Automotive family. Game Track, hosted on ToledoBlade.com, will give you all the local high school football scores as they happen. To be on your game, visit ToledoBlade.com forward slash sports every Friday evening. And in the event you missed a score... You can log on every Saturday morning for a complete look at who won each game. That's ToledoBlade.com forward slash sports game track up at the top of the bar. You can't miss it. And now, a good exciting part of the podcast to announce that you can now find us on iTunes. As of last week, all the episodes of Glass City Game Time are available on the iTunes podcast tab. Just search Glass City Game Time on your podcast app and you'll find us. And we really would appreciate a subscribe and a good rating if you did enjoy this episode. You can also find us on ToledoBlade.com and on Blade News Slide every week. So, for Scott McNeish, for Bill Piotrowski, and for technical producer Phil Kaplan, my name is Corey Christen. We'll talk to you next week.